You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Good morning. How are we this morning? Raise your hand if you're happy to be here. Man, some of you are really happy. to. Y'all must have found the refreshments. I just found coffee. How many of you are not so happy to be here? Anybody would say, some of you are looking at your spouse. Don't look at them. I was... I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here with you guys, too. I want to plug the night of worship again because what we're talking about this morning, uh, we're going to have a time at the end of the service this morning to put this into practice. Uh, But definitely, if you come for the night of worship, we'll have an extended time of putting into practice what we uh, what we talk about this morning. How how many of you, again, are ready for summer to be over? Like you're ready for the fall. Angela was saying pumpkin spice. Any any pumpkin spice fans? I mean, I say Jesus, and everybody's like, what? And I say pumpkin spice, woo, woo, pumpkin spice. My wife is a a pumpkin spice fan. I'm a pumpkin fan, but not necessarily the spice fan, but that's hard to find. Like pumpkin pie, I love pumpkin pie if it doesn't have a lot of nutmeg in it. Let me get into the message, because now I'm just making myself hungry. I love the fact that God calls us together, and there's some unique things that God can do in our hearts and our lives when we gather together with other believers, and and one of those things has to do with worship and corporate worship. Listen, I'm a believer that worship uh, isn't just a song that we sing. It's not just a a time that we spend together. I'm a firm believer that worship uh, is a lifestyle that we live. In fact, I believe worship is really anything that we do that pleases God. That's worship, and he delights in that. But I do want to talk about what can happen in our lives as we gather together with other believers in worship, and that is, that's transformation. Transformation can happen and should happen in our lives as we gather together with other believers in moments just like we have today, this morning, or if you come to Monday night as well, Monday nights. I've been a worship leader for over 20 years, and several years ago, I encountered a, a moment with God that began to change me and challenge me, and so I wanted to share that with you this morning before I get into the message. I think when we talk about worship, we talk about many things, and some of us will have our own idea of what worship is and what we prefer in worship. And So as a worship leader, several years ago, I was leading worship in a church that had two services, and the pastor sat with a staff and began to talk about the fact that in our second service, we would begin to kind of gear that more in a traditional way. So we would sing hymns or older songs or And I'm not one that has ever been against hymns, but I grew up in a church where we didn't sing a whole lot of hymns. Like when Hosanna Integrity and all that started out, if you guys remember that, then, you know, we were into that. But I just wasn't familiar with hymns. Uh, But also I had my own perspective of hymns. And let me say this right up front. It was a, a distorted, a wrong perspective. But we're sitting with our pastor and he's talking about how the first service is going to begin to look different and we're going to begin to sing hymns. And and this affected me a great deal because I was leading worship. And so for the first several weeks that we were doing that, I have to be honest with you, I was just kind of going through the motions. Like I was sitting in the meeting hearing him, and he's my pastor, and so on the outside I was smiling and agreeing, and on the inside I'm like, what in the world? The world is coming to an end, we're going to have to do hymns. (laughs) So the first several Sundays as I would stand up and and lead, I would just go through the motions and we would lead the songs, and in my mind, and, and this is a confession, in my mind I was looking forward to second service. Yeah, some of you are laughing at me. Don't laugh at me. 
About seven weeks or so into it, I remember preparing for first service and God speaking to me. When I say God speaking to me, I don't necessarily say that I uh, hear him or heard him with an audible ear, but it was very strong. And I knew exactly what he was saying when he said it. Uh, but he said this to me. Listen, if you're not going to worship me this morning, then I just want you to stay in your seat. If you can't worship me through hymns, then you're not worshiping me at all. And I can remember the challenges that brought forth because I love Jesus. I've always loved Jesus. And, and I wanted uh, to, to follow his Holy Spirit and his guiding when I led worship. And so this challenge was now to me directly from the Father saying, if you can't worship me through hymns, then don't worship me at all. So what I began to find out was I wasn't worshiping God in those moments. I was worshiping me. I was worshiping what I felt was better or a preference or I didn't know hymns and so I want to stick with these songs. I like these songs and I don't necessarily like those. And so God was challenging me and I, at that moment, in those moments, I began a journey of discovering what it means to be transformed through worship. And I want to talk to you about that this morning. And that's why I plugged the worship night because what we're going to talk about is going to be a great time to, to come together on the 18th and put this into practice. Second Corinthians Verse 3, or chapter 3, verse 18 says this. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Listen, the fruit of our worship will be transformation. We begin to look less like us and more like God. If we just look at that verse in Corinthians, some of the things that begin to happen is we see and reflect the glory of the Lord. We're changed into his glorious image. Like the way we look is changing. I, I think of the story of Moses when he was meeting with God face to face. You remember that time it said that he met with God face to face and spoke to him like a friend speaks to a friend. And, and when he would leave that tent of meeting, it said that his face would show the glory of the Lord. That transformation, that's the transformation I'm talking about. That when we leave this place, we're showing, we're reflecting the glorious image of God. I think all of us understand transformation and change. And so uh, I'm one of these, that, and you're, I know there's several out there that are like me, where you'll go into these times where you start to eat well and skip all the carbs. And sh- I think low-carb diets are from the devil. But uh, so anyways, you, yeah, you... Well, I mean, think about how you feel when you're on low. You feel like a devil when you're doing low carb. So anyways, the low carbs, the low sugar, whatever, you begin all this stuff. And why? Because you want to transform your body. Um, I don't know how many years ago, probably about three or four years ago, you know, I'm noticing that I'm, you know, I'm getting old. I'm 45 now, and so I'm getting older. And, and I noticed that year after year, it was just a little bit harder to control my weight, Right? So first it was like, I would, uh, whatever, five pounds. I've gained five pounds. Whatever, just five pounds, Right? And then it would be two more pounds, and it would be three more pounds, and, and then I'm, I'm happy that I went down two pounds. And so anyways, I was thinking, I, I really need to change some things, because uh, if, if you're like me, if you didn't know this, I'm sucking in my gut right now. <laughs> Just because that's what we guys do. We walk around, and maybe some of you guys don't have to, but so I'm sucking in my gut. Well, I noticed that I got to a point where when I would suck in my gut, it would just go around to the side. <laughs> And then I knew I had a problem because then it just started moving all around. And so now I've just got gut all the way around. 
And uh, this, so what do we think about? We think about I've got to transform my body. And so you go out and you buy the new diet plan or, I don't know, a juice or a shake or a, a piece of equipment. The, the one that always tempts me is that Peloton bike. Anybody out there with me? Every time you see that commercial, you're like, oh, man, that is awesome. I mean, I don't know what I'd watch. I'd probably be watching cartoons or something while I rode the bike. But that bike is awesome. I bought an elliptical machine. Yeah. That elliptical machine is awesome because the two handles that come up are perfect for shirts. I, they, I mean, you could just, and they, 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 get, they stay unwrinkled. The screen, it's got a nice fan on it. So if, if you were to, to ride it, do you ride it? Do you ride it? Anyway, if you were to be on exercising, it's got a fan and a little screen and keeps up with this. And I've just noticed, like, that's perfect to fold a pair of jeans over. Uh, transformation, right? We want to go through transformation. And so what I'm talking about this morning in the, in the realm of worship is we should look different. When we come into the presence of God and we're worshiping him, transformational worship means we begin to look different. I don't know that that's the case or has been the case in my life, but I want it to be. I mean, shouldn't it be that when we leave this place and go wherever we're going to go to eat, like as soon as you walk in the room, people are like, whoa. Wouldn't it be even better if people began to recognize Hey, they were at church. They must have been at church. Right? Transformation. We need to look different. We come into the presence of the Lord. We worship him in a way that our lives are being transformed. We must learn to position or posture ourselves before the Lord to open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to transformation. It's not enough to enter a building and sing songs. Our intentions will be a determining factor for transformation. When we gather together for worship, what are our intentions? What are you thinking about this morning? Like, why did, you, why did you show up this morning? What was happening beforehand and even as you drove here and walked through the doors? What's, what's our intentions for gathering together with other believers in worship? So what's needed when it comes to seeking or striving for worship that is transforming us? The first is this, that we worship in response to who God is. Worship in response to who God is. First Chronicles 16, verses 28 and 29. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in all his splendor. So listen, worship, it's not about me. It's not about my preferences. It's not about my feelings. That conversation I told you about that I had with God was him pointing that it had become about me, about my feelings, about my preferences. When our response to God is influenced by our preferences and feelings, we become the object of our own worship expression. I don't know that it's too much to say that in those moments when I was having that conversation with God that I shouldn't have felt like, wait a second, I'm worshiping me. I'm worshiping me. When our worship expression is changed or influenced based on how we feel or the things that we would prefer, who is it exactly that we're worshiping? Look, I know this is a challenge because not everybody came in here feeling great today, right? But when our worship expression to him is influenced by how we feel, who is it that we're worshiping? I don't know about you, but that challenges me. That challenges me. 
As I was preparing, I, I thought some things that I've thought in the past, so uh, I'm sure nobody else has, has thought these things, but it's kind of telling about where my mind or mentality might be during times of worship. When I or we think things like this, we never sing hymns. Nobody's ever thought that, right? How about this one? We sing too many hymns. <laughs> or this one. I don't really care for this song a whole lot. Look, when you laugh, you tell on yourself. You can't, you can't laugh. How, how about this one? That electric guitar is just too loud. It's just too loud. No, yeah, I'm with you. Like, it's never too loud! <laughs> I mean, our drums get so loud, we put them in a cage. <laughs> poor, poor drummer. It's like looking in an aquarium. <laughs> Look, Mom, there's a drummer! <laughs> how, how about this one? Is that person really jumping up and down? <laughs> Not in the house of the Lord. This, this is a good one why are those lights moving has anybody ever noticed the lights has it distracted you have you ever thought why, why do we have moving lights how, how about this one this one happens this is how I always, this is how I always picture I always like to like, demonstrate so you're, you're, you sing you get into the next song and you're like what didn't we sing this song last week <laughs> And they're over there pretending too. I think we sang it the week before too. Right, all, these, all these thoughts that might pop into our head. Listen, if we're having those thoughts, if that's a struggle, and I'm, I'm there with you, so I'm not saying you, I'm saying me. I've thought these things. Right? I confessed about the whole hymn thing. But if we're struggling with those type of thoughts in moments like this, who is the object of our worship? It's a challenge to me because this is the thing. I, th- I think God, and again, the unique things that happen in our lives when we gather, I think one of those unique things is we become more like Jesus. We look more like Jesus. So even though we can come into a place like this and there can be all these thoughts and struggles, when we begin to overcome those things, don't ever tell the person next to you to sing softer. Right? She's laughing again. You're just... We're going to go ahead and have an altar call, and you just come up for prayer, Cheryl. Just, we'll just. <laughs> yeah, we should never be thinking that. But these type of distractions come into our, our mind, and it's kind of telling about our objects of worship. Transformation through worship starts when I recognize that I worship God simply because He's worthy. Like, that's it. We come into the presence and we gather with other believers to worship because God is worthy. It doesn't matter what's happening around us or what it sounds like, what it looks like. We really need to get ourselves to a place when we gather, we're coming together to worship God because he's worthy. Worship is a response to who God is and not what he does. If our expression of worship is focused on what he does, it means that there are only specific times he's worthy of worship. Like when he provides. Oh, thank you, Jesus. How about when he, when he heals? 
whether he heals us or somebody around us, then we find in those moments that he's worthy. When he shows up in a tangible way. See, it's easy to enter into worship when we see and feel him moving, but what about the times that we don't necessarily see or feel? Because that's kind of our expectations, if we're honest with ourselves, that we come into the presence of the Lord on a Sunday morning or Monday night or whenever we gather, and our expectation is what we're going to feel. Right? Because we hope that we feel good and we, we feel something happening and we feel happy when we leave. And, but again, what happens when we don't necessarily see or feel? When our expression of worship is focused on who God is, we can then recognize he's always worthy. He's always worthy. There's never a time, there's never a moment that God isn't worthy, no matter how we feel or what we see. No matter what we experience, God is always worthy of our worship. The reality is, before we got here today, there were so many things that's already happened in our lives this morning. Maybe you got a text message that got you upset, or an email that got you upset, or you, you saw something on Facebook or Instagram that got, that got you upset. Maybe you had a hard week. Maybe you had to work Saturday and... Things just weren't pleasant. See, all these things come into play when we're talking about coming to the presence of the Lord. But being able to lay those things aside, we're worshiping God because he's worthy. Listen, we should certainly worship God for his mighty works, but that should be with the understanding that he does great things because he is great. He does great things because he is great. He's an awesome God, and it's worthy. So we worship God for who he is, and we worship and surrender of who we are. Let me say that again. Our worship, transformational worship, happens when we're worshiping and surrender of who we are. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us that we're supposed to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. What does that mean to us, to offer our body as a holy sacrifice? Worship is not about what I can receive from God, but rather what I willingly Give to God. See, when we come together in worship, it's not about what I'm going to get from church this morning. It's not about what I'm going to get from God. It's not about whether I'm going to like the message or not like the message. It's not about whether the songs make me feel good or not feel good. It's not about those things. It has nothing to do with what I'm going to receive. God calls us together to worship because he wants us to surrender everything that we are to him. Now, the cool part about this is there's so many principles in Scripture that we live by, like if you give, you'll receive, right? That's a principle. You, you can't escape that. It's kind of like gravity. What goes up will come. If you give, you'll receive. So this is the cool thing about as we come together and we gather and worship. If our hearts are to give everything to God, to surrender everything that we are to him, Yes, absolutely we receive. In fact, God wants to shower down upon us so many blessings. I was talking with somebody about that earlier this morning. Man, he wants, that's his desire. In fact, God wants to. His desire is, is immense that when we come into his presence, that we see him for who he is, and we begin to see him more and more the more time we spend with him. That's his desire. Now, is that a blessing to us? Absolutely. But when our hearts are to come into God's presence to receive... And that perspective might be off just a little bit. Because what happens when we don't necessarily receive? Do we continue to worship or not? So we worship and surrender 
of who we are? Do I enter God's presence with a desire to place all that I am on the altar of worship? Like was, that, was that our hearts this morning when we came in? Were we ready to lay down attitudes and perspectives and feelings and emotions? What about, what about some of the good things? I've, I've learned uh, through life as I'm seeking God more and more that sometimes I have to lay down on an altar of worship. I have to lay down hopes and dreams. I have to lay down plans that, that I'm making. Living in holy sacrifice. So let's talk about this. Transformational worship only happens as we internally choose to worship. We internally choose to worship our flesh being overcome. That's, That's what I'm talking about when we come into God's presence already with struggles happening in our lives, with things happening in our, in our minds, having to take those thoughts captive. When we in, internally choose to worship, Psalms 103 verse 1 says, Praise the Lord, my soul, listen to this, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Have you ever been in a worship service when you begin to feel something happening on the inside? I have. I'm sure you have too. Whereas the song begins, that first song begins, and listen, I know, and, and I've had conversations with people, it's like, oh, I need a few songs to warm up. I don't know. <laughs> like, we're in the presence of God. He was here waiting for us. He was here waiting for us. So for me, I have to go through a, a, a practice, whether I'm leading worship or just entering into worship with other believers I mean, I have to go through a practice of just kind of un- unpacking the morning and unpacking the weekend and unpacking the last week so that I'm, I'm ready to lay it all, surrender it all at his feet. Have you ever felt like, as the Spirit of God was moving in our midst, have you ever felt like we're singing a song, I need to, I need to raise my hands? Listen, I realize there's, there's many of you that probably grew up in a background, a church background, where maybe raising of the hands was frowned upon. I don't know if I shared this story last time with you, but I, I started to go to a Baptist school when I was in ninth grade, and um, I grew up in a four-square church, a Pentecostal church. And, uh, so being in a Baptist school just became a lot of fun, <laughs> a lot of fun for me. Uh, so we would have chapel on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and, and I wish I could tell you that I was doing this because, man, I was just so in love with Jesus. But the reality was, like, as soon as a hymn was being played or sung in our chapel services, I would raise my hands. Because the church that the school was associated with was like, we just don't, we don't do that, and so I would just raise my hands just to get, just to get in trouble. <laughs> We, you, you did this too, and you have kids that do it. I mean, I, I had it planned out like science was right after chapel. And I figured if I was called into the dean's office, I could extend that conversation to the dean's office for at least the entirety of science. <laughs> but now, I mean, when we have that feeling of rage, what about this? I mean, have you ever been in the presence of a Lord in a time of worship like this, and, and you felt drawn to your knees? Like there's something happening inside, some conversation that's happening in your mind, and it's the, it's the voice of God that you're uh, having this conversation with, but you feel drawn to your knees, but at the same time, you're like, nobody else is on their knees. We, we see it happening in corporate gatherings. I love when the, per, the people who sit up front, who, who express themselves, I, I love those people who express themselves in worship and they sit up front because it just kind of influences those who are sitting, sitting behind them. 
Because as soon as you see somebody raise their hands, you kind of feel more freedom to raise your hands. If you hear somebody singing loudly, then you have more freedom to sing loudly. Years ago, as a worship leader, I invited a woman in our church to be on the worship team, and she couldn't sing. She couldn't sing, and I was honest with her. I'm not going to have your mic on. (laughs) I mean, we don't want to create distractions. But... in my conversation with her, this is what I said. Her, her, name was, her name was Linda. I said, Linda, please consider being on the worship team because I look out in the audience every morning and you're just, man, you're just laying it all out. Your hands are always raised. You're on your knees. I mean, I, you, you're just expressing, expressing your worship to God in such a beautiful way. I think you need to lead people in that. Lead people. So what's happening on the inside why we're worshiping. Is that type of conversation, our struggle happening? During this moment, we find ourselves at the edge of breakthrough when worship becomes transformational. I think God is, is allowing that to happen in our lives because he's bringing, us, he's bringing us to this edge of breakthrough. That as that internal struggle happens and we're overcoming our flesh... He's bringing us to the edge of breakthrough. You've experienced it before, and I hope you'll experience it more and more and more in your lives. But that time when you finally do, just raise your hands as high as they'll go. What happens inside in your spirit? The strength that comes, the hope that comes, the joy that comes. What happens in your life when you're, you're, you're coming to God and surrendering? You do finally get on your knees and just worship him. We've experienced that, and God wants us to to experience that more and more in our lives. So it's just recognizing the struggle. I I didn't didn't think I had time in the second service, so I skipped the joke, even though Walt was here. Walt Hoverson. So uh, it's it's kind of a running joke with with my wife and with some of the small group leaders. When I was having a leadership meeting with, with the group leaders... Um, I was just here, we were talking about creating more special interest type of groups and because I think it's awesome when we just, we're just getting together on a Saturday to go hiking or bike riding or in this case, uh, to the shooting range. Anybody, anybody out there enjoy going to the shooting range? Yeah, so I was kind of making light of it, but I mean, part of it was like I was being serious. But I, so I was like, hey, I think we need to start a, a ministry group or a, a life group that we just gather and go to the shooting range because if I can tell my wife it's ministry... <laughs> That's a win. So, I, you know, again, I was kind of making a joke of it, but I kind of meant it too. And so uh, last weekend, some guys invited me to, to go shooting with them, and it was, it was a blast. And anyways, I'm a pretty competitive person, and this is the first time that I, like, extensively was shooting a, a handgun. And I wasn't doing as well as I wanted to, to do. I mean, I was hitting the paper. That's, I mean, that's a good thing. Uh, I'm like, yeah, can we move that up to five feet? <laughs> How many of y'all remember the game Duck Hunt? Anybody? How many of y'all cheated and you put the gun right up on the screen? So you can get it. Yeah, so anyways, that's kind of how I felt. Like, can we move up a little bit more? So anyways, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying my best. I was shooting a nine millimeter and I was trying my best to hit the bullseye every time. Even though I was like, I was on the paper. Uh, so, but then I looked down at Walt Hoverson, who's like 150. <laughs> No, he's not 150. No, he's probably not that. But he was standing there, hitting the bullseye every time. Like, 
But this is, this is what I became aware of. And it's one of those learning things, right? It's one of those learning things. Just being aware of what's happening on the inside. Us dudes were not really keen on that. But I was becoming aware of what's happening. And so this is what I noticed. That like right before I would pull the trigger, my, my upper body would tighten up. Like I was anticipating the, the recoil. I was just anticipating the trigger pull. I was in, and so that's one of the reasons I knew I, I wasn't shooting well. But I began to realize that. Listen, in the, in the midst of worship... Begin to be aware of what's happening on the inside. Because I can guarantee you that's God. It's the Holy Spirit working something in you. And he's bringing you to the edge of breakthrough. And it's up to us to now begin to experience that. So this internal struggle that happens. What does that look like in your life? I know that it's happening. I know that it's happening. And then this one. We externally express our worship. We externally express our worship. There's so many examples in scripture of, of ways that God gives us to worship him. And the sad reality is, for the most part, we'll, we'll, we will only express worship in just a, a few ways. And, and, and probably if we were all honest, we would say, I express worship in the ways that I'm comfortable expressing worship. But the Bible tells us we're supposed to clap our hands, raise our hands. We're supposed to kneel. We're supposed to lay before the Lord. What about this one? This was a kind of a crazy Pentecostal thing. What about dancing before the Lord? Yeah? Listen, I, I wanted, I, again, I grew up in a four-square church, a Pentecostal church, and, and, and as a kid, I, just, I didn't understand everything, and, and really even as an adult, I felt like sometimes we were kind of you know, pushing some boundaries of whether it's man or, or, or the spirit. I don't think that the Holy Spirit moves in such a way that chaos erupts. I don't think that. I don't ever think that. I think there's always order. And when our object of worship is God, then that, that chaos won't happen. But what happens when we're moved to dance? I love this story in, in Scripture where King David, they're bringing the ark into the city, and, and King David rips off his clothes and just begins to dance in celebration. Right? Everybody keep your clothes on. <laughs> but this is the thing. What, is it, what did his wife say? Like she was embarrassed, right? She was embarrassed. And what was David's response? Like, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> no, depending on what translation you're reading. But he says, I can, I can become even more undignified. Why, David, just as, as expression of worship, just began to dance before the Lord. I, you know, again, these expressions, I'm not saying that we've got to drum these up, conjure up these type of feelings where now we need to be running all around the room. And... But I do believe that there needs to be a point in our life where as that internal stru- struggle is happening and we're having those feelings or that conversation, that externally we finally just reach that breakthrough and express our worship externally. And we can follow the Holy Spirit in that. Is he leading us to raise our hands? Is he leading us to clap our hands or just kneel before the Lord? At that point, we move into a place of surrender only when we overcome our natural hindrances. I mean, how many times have have we been singing and you just, maybe you even catch yourself starting to sing a little bit louder. And so as you, then you slow, you know, you soften up a little bit and you sing louder and you soften up a little bit. How many times we thought, man, I want, there's something in me where I want to sing louder. But I didn't. How many times we thought, 
man, I've got to raise my hands just a little bit higher and don't. Those are the type of things that we need to be aware of as the Spirit of God is moving in our midst, as we're in His presence, and as we're lifting up our worship to Him because He's God and because He's worthy. These are the struggles that we need to be aware of in our own lives because God is bringing us to a point of breakthrough where transformation begins. Right? So that when we leave, we're different than the people that we, that we were when we came. Transformational worship happens when God is placed on the throne of our lives. Transformational worship happens when we worship God for who He is. Listen, I realize this, this morning, with a, with a group this size, there's so many different things that we brought into the room. I know that. I mean, there's things that I struggle with. And when I come into the presence of the Lord, there's things that, to be honest with you, that consistently I have to lay down at his feet. Unfortunately, there's times where I'm leaving his presence with that very thing. But what happens in our lives when we can come into the presence of God and surrender everything that we are, lay that at the the altar of worship and leave it there? So I know some of you came in with having a, a pretty bad day yesterday. And so there's things that you're thinking and there's emotions that you're, you're fighting and struggling with. And See, God's saying this, lay that at my feet. There's some of you that came in this morning and you're, you're struggling in a relationship. God's saying, lay that at my feet. Listen, there's some of you that, that came in this morning and maybe it's your first time here and, and you're just struggling with some doubt. Maybe, maybe you're even saying, look, I hear what this guy's saying, but... Oh, man, is that real? Maybe you're even going further to ask, I mean, is God real? Listen, I know in a group this size, there's, there's a few of you that are thinking that. Is, is God real? Maybe you came in this morning and you're just doubting that God's paying any attention to you. I think we all go through those times, right? God, are you listening? Do you see what's going on in my life? Do you know the pain that I'm struggling with? See, this is all a point of that surrender. Are we willing to surrender those things? I think the act of that, that surrender brings us into a point of transformation. I don't know about you, but I, I want to be transformed. I want to look more and more like Jesus and less and less like David, less and less like me. I want to be transformed. That can happen in the next few moments. The worship team is going to lead us in a few more songs. And listen, I, I believe with everything that's in me, for many of you that's in the room this morning and watching online, that, that maybe like the story I shared with you, that I, I recognized a point through a conversation with God that I began a, a journey of learning what transformational worship is. I believe that many of you this morning that's here and watching online, you're going to start your journey this morning in these next few moments. I believe that. I don't believe that because it's the cool thing to do. And I believe that because that's what God wants. We've read it in scripture. So I don't know what you do need to surrender. But I do know that we all need to surrender something. Right? Transformation happens there. Transformation happens as we begin to lay those things at the altar of worship. So I don't know what that is for you, but I want to encourage you 
when we begin to worship again through song. You don't necessarily have to come down front unless you just feel like the Holy Spirit's leading you to do so. But wherever you're at, man, let's lay everything at the feet of Jesus this morning. Let's lay everything there. Transformational worship happens when we surrender. What's the universal sign for surrender? I love you, Cheryl. (laughs) Universal sign. If you're surrendering, let's just say to uh, a police officer or a soldier with a firearm, uh, do you surrender like this? (laughs) I don't know why I made that face too. Is our surrender like this? Oh, yeah, I surrender. What is it like? Somebody show me. Right, we get our hands up there. We want, we want them to know that we're surrendering. Let's express our worship in a way this morning before we leave, in a way that God is absolutely, man, we're surrendering everything we are. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to read a passage out of Psalms 95. We're going to read verse 1 through the first phrase of verse 7. And I, I want us to do this. And if, we, if we're all doing it, then nobody feels uncomfortable. I mean, if you physically can't do it, then that's, I mean, that's fine. Uh, but I want us to raise our hands like we're surrendering. And as we read this verse and get into worship, let's not, let's not pretend we're surrendering. Let's actually surrender. Are you with me? So let's read this out loud. It's Psalms 95 verses 1 uh, through 7. Read with me. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hand the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands form the dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.